When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This 710 podcast is brought to you by Francis Coppola's Diamond Collection Wines. Coppola's Diamond Collection offers the perfect wines to celebrate both big and small occasions this summer. Claret Cabernet Sauvignon is the perfect pairing with juicy burgers. And Diamond Sparkling Prosecco goes great with friends at your next garden party. Enjoy your summer with Diamond Collection Wines. Francis Ford Coppola Winery, Sonoma, California. Please drink responsibly. This is Johnny Cash's cover of the Nine Inch Nails song, Hurt, that we were referencing earlier. Incredible cover. Need a kid's bop, Virgin. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I mean, this is we're crossing all the streams. We had the kid bop's anniversary. How did we get into this one to begin with? Uh, because I found an AI. Oh, AI. That's AI it. programmed the Beach Boys to do <laughs> their cover of Hurt, and it was clearly done to the tune of Surfing USA. It's so funny. But the Nine Inch Nails. Mace also sent me this one from Johnny Cash. Yeah, well, the the Johnny Cash version's incredible. It's a dark song. (laughs) (laughs) A little different energy in the room. Like this, if you don't listen to the words, your foot's tapping, you're Mm -hmm. feeling pretty good. It's like, yeah, windows are down, it's warm outside, I'm having a great day. Until you hear the line, the needle tears a hole, then it's less exciting. Plus, it's Johnny Cash, it's, I guess. It's brilliant, though. The idea of programming AI to do that <laughs> song that way by that band is fantastic. I, well, when it takes all of our jobs, it will be less exciting, but that's good. When ChatGPT you know takes over. I always feel like my job can be taken I, one way or another. Well, <laughs> fair enough. I, I think we all probably feel like that, but I don't need it to be that close. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right, it is the Waba Grill Lunch Hour on 710 ESPN. Thanks to our friends at Waba Grill. Waba Grill is about giving you fresh grilled-to-order menu items at a great value. Stop by today for a value bowl and taco combo for only $8.59. Grilled chicken mini bowl, their new Boom Boom Taco Trio, and a drink, just $8.59. Get yours today. Order ahead at wabagrill.com. Waba Grill, eat smart, be healthy. Have you had the pleasure of a Boom Boom Taco yet? Good stuff. That's, by the way, where you go... For an Asian-infused taco. You don't yes. go to Cleveland. <laughs> no, go to Waba Grill. Waba Grill. Exactly. There's nothing that's that's like lining up with the, what no. that argument is, whether it's the Asian-themed taco right. or your traditional taco in Cleveland, Ohio. Like no. Those things are not coming It's an easier together. way to do it. Just go to Waba Grill. <laughs> yes, indeed. Easier and better. Yes, indeed. All right, so Otani is still playing. Uh he has a tear in his UCL ligament, which will more likely than not, and that that's not even, it will virtually certain, certainly require a second Tommy John surgery, which we don't know how successful that is. There's been a handful of guys that come back from it, but not... From a second, you mean? That's what I'm saying. Tommy John surgery works, and it works well. That it's, I, I read something the other day um, in USA Today where... I think it's 86% of Tommy John recipients end up performing at the same level prior to the surgery. Um, The second one, not nearly as successful. The Dodgers have Walker Bueller coming back from a second TJ. They have Dustin May, who's going to come back from a second TJ. And Shohei Otani will likely be coming back from a second TJ. Side note for the Dodgers, it's a mini story inside the story that's a little bit frightening something to think about yeah something to think about for sure nathan avaldi has had two he's come back and looks really good there are a few but not a lot i was not aware about that second tj surgery stat the best example of two tjs and came back and looked great is nathan avaldi who made an all-star team and is one of the best pitchers on a competitive team in texas former dodger if that's the bit, Jacob Degrom is getting his second. We'll see what it looks like. It's maybe it'll just be the new normal. You, it, we went from uh oh, your elbow's ruined. You're never going to pitch again. To Tommy John surgery works, and now we're in the new era of maybe two of them is not that big of a deal. But despite potentially needing that, 
Otani continues to DH, and he continues to be one of the most dynamic offensive players in baseball. I guess the question is, Andy, what, what, why? Because why not? What makes Otani Otani is the double dip, right? Is the fact that he's a potential 50 home run guy and a potential 15 win, 200 strikeout guy. He is the ultimate unicorn. He's not going to pitch next year if he gets a Tommy John surgery. But if he starts the process now, he would be likely at his best self at the beginning of the 2025 season. If you wait, you might not even be able to hit at the beginning of next season because you're still recovering from that. And the question is, why is he still hitting? Yeah, and uh, Ken, throws, Ken Rosenthal from The Athletic really plugged in baseball writers. He's sure. plugged in as anybody out there, as informed as anybody out there. He gave three of his best guesses, none of which to us make any real sense. I'll read them off right now. Otani wants to continue enjoying his best offensive season, nailing down the American League MVP award, the Angels single season home run record, and possibly an unprecedented 50 homer, 25 stolen base season. Okay. Um, I mean, I guess I can understand the logic of nailing down the Angels single season okay, me, home run record. Just real quick, anybody know who has that? Otani? No. That's my point. Well, it's, I, I know who has it because it's Troy Gloss. Okay. Who cares? Well, I was going to say he might want to do it now because this will be his last time to do it. Well, yeah, but it's the Angels. If you were the Yankees, sure. sure it's the Angels. Right. Who gives a damn? But, like, nailing down – Sorry, Parker. Nailing down <laughs> AL MVP. I love dude's, you, sorry. Dude's already got it locked up. Literally. Like, literally locked up. They've, they've taken bets off the board at FanDuel and DraftKings yes. and probably everywhere now yes. because Otani's such a lock. There's no point in taking other bets. He could either shut it down and he's going to win or if he decided to play every game from this point and literally went 0 for every game to the end of the line, he's still the MVP. Right. So, I mean, unless like 50 homers, 25 stolen bases means that much to him, doesn't that make reason a lot of from sense. Rosenthal doesn't make much sense. Second, he wants to avoid undergoing a second TJ, knowing his rehabilitation as a pitcher might even be lengthier and more difficult than the first time when he was limited to one and two-thirds innings over two seasons. That might be true, but it wouldn't explain why you keep hitting. Right. One's got nothing to do with the other. And if the rehabilitation is longer on the second surgery than on the first surgery, wouldn't you want to get the clock ticking sure. as soon as possible? But even if you're trying to avoid it altogether, that, that would be more of a reason why you stop hitting, right. not keep hitting. Then the third one from Rosenthal he wants to ensure he is ready for an opening day 2024 as a hitter, making him more marketable as a free agent this offseason than he would be coming off surgery. How this would affect his status as a pitcher, however, is unclear. So in order to be ready to hit at the beginning of the 2024 season, if he gets surgery, we're going to continue to hit? I don't. It, it, it doesn't add up. Or, it, I mean, being more marketable as a hitter, free agent this offseason, like, Frankly, if you're not sold on Otani as a hitter at this point, I don't know what the next month is going to do. Otani's marketability is as gold standard as anything. In Otani is the face of Major League Baseball. He is the one person in the whole sport who I feel comfortable if he walked through any mall in America is going to be mobbed by the locals. Regard Mike Trout, no. Bryce Harper, no. Aaron Judge, no. Like These guys are great players. But Otani is the only genuinely dynamic marketing piece in the whole league, and getting surgery or not doesn't change that an iota. See, now, what this speaks to to me, because, again, Ken Rosenthal is really plugged in. He's really good at reporting baseball. That these reasons don't make any real sense to either one of us, I think speaks to just how inscrutable Otani is yeah, and how nobody really knows what makes the guy tick. <laughs> We're guessing at literally everything. Yeah. We were goofing around the other day. If fast forward to January 1st, and he makes his announcement on where he's going to sign and play his baseball, and he says, you know, I've always wanted to play with George Springer. You might not know this, but we've been best friends for 10 years, and I'm going to the Toronto Blue Jays because I can't imagine playing baseball with anybody <laughs> other than – it'd be like – Okay, I mean, he didn't. We didn't know that. We don't know anything about this dude other than the very cliched answers he's given us. Which I want to play for a winner. Okay, we this all do. quite literally every player <laughs> says. Yeah. Even when even when their actions of where they sign the bags that they take, whatever, you're like, okay, you don't care about winning that much. He wants to be they on the say it. on the West Coast. Okay, we think that's true. 
but do we know definitive? Has he said, listen, I really prefer the West Coast because it puts me five hours closer to no, home. We, we assume right. he wants to be on the West Coast because it gets him five hours closer to Japan. Right. We don't actually know this. No. No, that he wants to be in an area that has a uh, Japanese population. It makes sense on the surface, but do we know that? For all no. we know, he actually doesn't really like going back to Japan. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I have so much money. I'll fly over my friends and family. They can come to me. I don't need to go there. For all we know, because he said nothing. This feels like trying to fill in gaps based on the things we assume to be true but don't know to be well, true. Well, and look, if Ken Rosenthal can't fill in those gaps, it means nobody, nobody can. Nobody knows. Yeah. It, it is a great mystery. And if we're creating odds, the odds are probably better on the Dodgers and the Mariners and the Giants and teams like that than they are the Rangers or the Braves or the Cubs, I think. Cleveland. Right. Well, does he like tacos or not? <laughs> yeah, it's true. Do we, look, maybe he has a very specific taco palate that can only be satisfied I love in me Cleveland. Some Korean infused tacos. Cleveland brand Korean infused tacos. And you know, for, <laughs> I just can't find that specific brand of taco anywhere else. Have you just? He's sitting on the plane. He looks at Mike Trout. Do you have the tacos in Cleveland? <laughs> because oh, I'm telling you, boy, did you miss no, out? There's nothing quite like that. <laughs> We're gonna find out that like every road trip to Cleveland, he orders in for the entire team. I really want there to be some random connection that determines this. I like I want him to be a Dodger because I'm a Dodger fan and I'm an Otani fan. But nothing would be more <laughs> hilarious to me than he's decided to stay in Anaheim because he and Luis and Gifo are inseparable. <laughs> that would be Wonderful. The Toby and Bobby of baseball. <laughs> it would be a wonderful answer to a question that nobody knows what's coming next. I love it. I love it. I love it. USC has Nevada. Can we get any real answers out of that? That's coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Kids bop on, is this a Britney song? Yeah. Toxic. Isn't that weird? Yeah. You know, you know what this song was produced by? No. Pharrell Williams. Oh, yeah? Yeah. If the question is ever, hey, Travis, do you know this about music? <laughs> the answer is about a 91% no rate. Likely no. Yes. yes. I got to be honest. The kids, ver the kids bop version there doesn't really sound that I was much different say, than the original. If you had not said kids bop, I would not have known. How dare you? And speaking of Music City, by the way. How dare are you? Are you offended on behalf of Britney, <laughs> yes. Pharrell, or the kids here? Britney and her yellow python at the MTV Music Awards, <laughs> right, which is... I don't think was that song, but I couldn't tell. I just It was it was important to me. Just leave it at that. I heard you talking about Nashville earlier and how you've never stepped foot in Nashville. I remember how. Your brother went to school there. Let me tell you what Nashville is. Nashville is the playground for overgrown adults with empty nests the bachelorette party element is one thing Travis, tell me, Travis, tell me Travis, more eyes went up. <laughs> the bachelorette party is one thing but i was there I've, i i have a friend who lives in nashville so i've been to nashville like two or three times i went to the nfl draft there by the way so like i've seen and which was the literal most ever people in nashville i've seen it at its worst and let me tell you broadway you walk down Broadway, literally every single bar has live music, which is cool until you're on Broadway and you can't talk to anybody because it is louder than God out there <laughs> at all times. Second thing, and this is the last I'll say of it, people who are way too old getting way too banged up. Like, your children can drink. You should not be passed out in the lobby 
of a hotel at 9 p.m. with your frat bros and all of your wives looking for you. Dare but you got to say- remind yourself every once in a while that that's not cool. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you... As the person that you're describing, as the the person in the the, the life demo. cycle, the demo. Yes, yes. <laughs> I am not quite an empty nester, but I'm close. Right. Um, I do like to have a good time. I don't get banged up a lot, but it does happen. And every time you're like, I'm too old to be doing this, and so you need you need like once or twice a year, like you need, really need to check. Yeah, yourself. Wa- wasted adults just. Yeah. <laughs> For folks listening out there, if you're one of these adults who sometimes gets this way, like a true adult, like you're yes. well past your 30s, well past your 40s, you know, you're rounding the turn on your 50s. Sure. Level level four up. You being drunk, not cute. Yeah. No. It's not adorable. Look. No, it's not. You it's are, a bad look. You are way more annoying than the average 20-year-old. Because you should know better. Or, right. Yes. Exactly. The way you're describing Nashville, it sounds like, awesome. dare I say- <laughs> Time for a trip. <laughs> is it like the Manhattan Beach of the South? Well, it's Ooh. a little bit more. It's it's Manhattan Beach is its own sort of, you know, it's it's contained. Nashville, this is the culture in downtown Nashville specifically. <laughs> okay. and, and people in Nashville hate it. Yes, that's that's exactly right. People who live in Nashville for real for real can't deal with it. Like you all tell those, somebody you're going um, to Broadway, they're like, oh, I'll see you later. No way. All those <laughs> buses that have people pedal themselves oh. around or like the party buses and stuff, it's just you know overruns I want to work out. I want to get Bro, banged there up. There were 600,000 people there for no. the NFL draft. Wow. That was as many as the three previous combined. It was completely out of control. And that was not the only time I'd been there. I've seen this on all occasions in Nashville. Pretty crazy. Andy, you got a chance to see BS High yesterday. I did. And Clinton was, my was, Clinton was uh, not to speak with you, but you were a thumbs down. Yes, I was a thumbs down to the point that I bailed because yeah. the tone for me was a little too flippant. Emily early. was a thumbs up. I was a thumb slightly down. I didn't hate it, but it wasn't my favorite thing. But I also we're, understand the criticisms yeah. and, and I'm fully aware. What'd you think? I was ultimately a thumbs up. Um, the, what Clinton was talking about with the tone of the movie early, he's 100% right. Like, the first 20-ish minutes is pretty much all this coach, Leroy Johnson, who was who spearheaded the BS high thing. You he know, was the Sycamore. cult leader. Yeah, he, he, he was the ringleader. He was the, the head grifter. All of it. <laughs> they spend a lot of time with him. He's, I'd say, 80-ish percent of the voice that you hear. And it feels in the beginning like the movie, especially too, because it's co-directed by uh, Trayvon Free, who's known from like I think The Daily Show, yeah, and Col- I think Colbert and um, a few other things like that. He's a, he's a comedian. He's a really bright guy, but he's a comedian, and starts feeling maybe like the tone is going to match this guy, who's extremely glib, and I think we learned by the end, frankly, sociopathic yes. about what he did. As the documentary goes on, though, you start hearing more from the parents you start hearing more from the kids you hear from this investigative reporter in ohio who specializes in high school sports and tried to get people's attention that like no this is a fake school this is not real these kids are not being properly supervised and taken care of like this is potentially quite dangerous as well as predatory as the movie goes along I think Leroy Johnson, he, he doesn't change at all. He is who he is in the worst ways, but he starts coming off more defensive and desperate mm. because he hears, as the movie goes along, more from these people. Gotcha. So okay. the, t- the tone of the movie actually I'll changes. I'll revisit it, but I was literally turned off to the point that I turned it off yeah. the, on first view. That's all. I, I, I got through it, too, and at the end, the, the main character – Coach Johnson is despicable in every possible sure. way. But what I – and maybe it's just because it wasn't there and it, you can't do what isn't there. There was very little redemption at the end of this story. It's mm. this guy is free to go wreak havoc on whoever else he wants to go he rip off He says he next. wants to. No, right. and, and he's going to. And and most of these kids have, you know, taken the next step in their life, whether it's still football, whether it's finding work, whether it's being in school, whatever it is. But you can tell those kids were damaged through right. this process and probably will carry this with them for the rest of their lives. And this dude's just out there kind of like, well, you know, on to the next thing. Sure. It, it Catch leave, me if you can. It leaves you feeling gross. Well, he, he, no, keeps, he keeps trying to make the claim that he gave these kids something in the process. He brought something to them. So he even fully admits he's, 
you know, grifting off this stuff. He's an admitted liar through a lot of this. He has no issue with the fact that he left all these bills, like really yeah. like all over the country, unpaid knowingly, like intentionally. Had, had that been the conclusion, we're talking about BS High, which is Bishop Sycamore High School, the fake high school that was on ESPN and they played, played football IMG. games, played IMG. It was a it was it was a scam, basically. It had, had it just been he left a trail of unpaid debts and ripped off hotels and grocery stores. The problem is he used the kids' social security numbers to book a lot of these hotel rooms, to take out government loans, that these kids are on the hook for this. They're on hook. PPP loans. Right. So if he were just a scumbag that left a trail of his own problems, he these kids have problems now because of him. And that's why his well, I gave him what they want. No, they didn't agree for PPP loans. They thought they were gonna get some film to go to college. They were never going to get any film to go to college. They were never going to get opportunities in front of real people. They were never going to get to compete against a school like IMG. No, they they, they actually largely got bad film on right. themselves. Yes. Yeah, of course they did because they were not a real operation. They you didn't know? have a coach. They didn't have a trainer. Exactly. I mean, Trav, I think you know the, one of the reasons why I was so miffed by this to begin with is because you know you you around youth sports with some regularity sure. at this point. You know, and that's kind of the thing. I'm thinking to myself like, if I'm one of these parents, it's on site with this guy. You know what I'm saying? If he walks into the room, he's catching the wreck. Like that's how angry I was watching it because of how flippant he was towards the entire thing. You're right. It'd be one thing if he just had a rack of unpaid debts. No, he emotionally and psychologically damaged these kids, never mind screwed up their potential to become upstanding adults. Not cool. Man. There, there's a scene in the movie, Say Anything. I don't know if, you, I don't know if you've seen it, but um, where Ioni Sky's character, or, or Ioni Sky's character, her, her dad runs a nursing home, and it turns out he's been ripping off, he's been embezzling from the elderly staying in this home, and she confronts him on it, and he's like, look, I took better care of them than their families. Like, I looked out for them, was more involved than they were. And her response is just, you stole from right. them. <laughs> that's, and, that's the fact. It's and, a good response. Right. right. But <laughs> yeah. Coach Johnson, Leroy Johnson, his thought on all this is, I gave them something. Therefore, everything else that comes from it is fair game or justified or whatever because I brought something to them. Like He even says, without me doing this, they don't have the opportunity to be seen at all. Right. Well, you know what? Don't be surprised if this guy shows up at a house of worship near you somewhere trying no, to scam be, you out of your no, money. That's the vibes said, I he got. He says at yes. the end yeah. he's just <laughs> you know getting – what I'm saying? Well, look, he's a snake oil salesman. Correct. And the, the they, hit, do, they do the same thing. They say – they find out what you want, and they tell you, I know how to get it. Right. It's a <laughs> story. You have an answer for everything. Right. And right. he has charisma. Like, it's undeniable he that he has it. Sure. And – if you are willing to just take from people, if you're willing to be predatory or you're wired to be predatory, you have some type of charisma and you're telling people what they want to hear, it's history of time. There are people who've done this. All right. I want to do the Caleb Williams thing that you yeah. were talking about. We'll come back and do that in a second. Very quickly, just off the top of your head, mm-hmm. National League MVP, does it get determined over the next three nights or are we going down to the wire on this I've been thinking about this, for those of you who've tuned into Blue Review on ESPN Los Angeles' YouTube page, YouTube component, Andy K. Andy Kamineski sitting right next to me. It's coming down to one thing for me, which is what I consider the most important stat in all of baseball from an offensive standpoint, run scored. Mm. Acuna leads in run scored. By how many? I think it's four. Okay, so but we're the to- guy who's got the next most on uh, – you know who else is in the top four? Medals. Yeah, like you know, that they got two guys monster. in the top four. It's pretty wild. So pretty do the wild. Dodgers. Yes, they yeah. do. <laughs> right, exactly. it's, it's it's bananas. The Travis Lee Show has teamed up with Waba Grill to give away lunch for your office. Listen today during the Waba Grill lunch hour on seven ten for the cue to call, and you could be the Waba Grill Workplace of the Week. That's today on seven ten ESPN. Thanks to Waba Grill. Waba Grill, eat smart, be healthy. Little Caleb Williams, a little. Can they actually fix the defense until they play a good team? It's coming up next. It's Travis Lee, seven ten ESPN. All right. Thank you, Christopher. It is caller number seven from Riverside and Muhammad. Muhammad, you are the winner of the Wobble Grill Workplace of the Week. Congratulations. Thanks. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. You got it. So uh, where do you work and are you going to share? Are you going to eat all the food yourself? Honestly, I work with a lot of people. So I was tripping out when you guys said I won, (laughs) but I work uh, for a delivery company and there's a, there's a lot of people. (laughs) We'll pass those boom-boom tacos around. How excited are you that we saved you a flight to Cleveland (laughs) to get get these tacos? Super, super excited. Good job, Mohammed. So just off the top of my head, let me ask you this. What's your favorite show on uh, 710? 
Uh, you know, honestly, don't you dare. You. <laughs> it's, it's usually the, the Mason Island, but specifically only when Michael Thompson is on, because that guy's filled with knowledge. I think I heard Travis and Sliwa. <laughs> Congratulations, Mohammed. Good job. You know, you I know you. I know you were shooting for Travis and Sliwa as the answer. Yeah, but. It, his response, Mason and Ireland, when it's less Mason and Ireland. <laughs> Pretty good off-menu selection. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it was. Good job, Mohamed. You were caller number seven, and you are this week's Waba Grill Workplace of the Week. You win Waba Grill for your office. Where do you work? And he works in a delivery service. He That's is awesome. all set and ready to go. Very cool. Thanks for listening during the Waba Grill Lunch Hour on 710 ESPN. SC Nevada at the Coliseum tomorrow. Uh, the defense was questionable shall we say against sure. san jose state and yeah i think you brought up a good point san jose state's quarterback is a good college quarterback yeah, he is yeah. he put he up play. some points he can play they also gave up 28 points to san jose state 14 points in one quarter yes uh which i, I think that's actually worse than the grand that's what i mean look points. one of the touchdowns was garbage time towards the end like i'm not i'm not putting too much stock in that but the 14 points and some of what happened and what looked like bad miscommunications some of the play calls, frankly, defensively. Yeah. Like some of the cover twos, what are we doing? Yeah, they were exactly. blitzing we on doing? third and 23. Exactly. It's like, like some, huh? of, some of those things are, you know, goes beyond like, you know, bad tackling or whatever. It's you're putting these kids in a bad position. Nevada's not good. The SC's going to win the game unless something extraordinarily bizarre happens. Right. But the answers on their defense in the, the first really good team they play is Notre Dame, and that's about a month and a half away. You can make it go away as far as, uh-oh, but you can't make it go away as, hey, I think they got it fixed until you play Notre Dame. Uh, so here's what I wanted to ask you about, Trav, because I agree with you. But there's something about the Caleb Williams situation that I was describing to AK when we were filling in last week. He never seems like he's in fourth gear and actually ramping it up. It feels like he's the biggest kid on the playground. He's the most skilled, and it honestly seems like he doesn't really have to try that hard in order to dominate Pac-12 offenses, or excuse me, defenses. Now, that is not a concern. It's not a knock on Caleb, but it's an interesting thing when I think about the Lincoln-Riley experiment of quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. When these guys get to the next level, it doesn't really go the same way. And every single time I watch Caleb and somebody says, oh, the skill set's off the charts, this, then third, I'm like – have we even seen what it is he is going to do best when he is facing other competition? And is that even a problem? And it's something I think about a lot because it feels as if he doesn't really have to play full speed in order to dominate. And here's my comp towards him. I thought about this long and hard because I kept thinking, why have I seen something like this before? You think about other quarterbacks like your Trevor Lawrence's, your Deshaun Watson's, guys who came out and you're like, okay, mm -hmm. this guy is clearly at a level that is going to manage to the NFL easily. You know who he reminds me of? Caleb Williams? Charlie Ward. That's who he reminds me of. He's a guy who's very much under control, uses his feet when he needs to, has an accurate arm with the poise. Charlie Ward was a tremendous quarterback. This is going way back for some people. Heisman Trophy you know winner. What I'm saying? He won a Heisman. Yeah. Very similar type of demeanor in terms of how he runs a game. Charlie Ward never played NFL football, though no. he went to the NBA. Yeah. And so I'm very interested to see how this scales up for Caleb, who is currently dominating, but just has an interesting sort of body type versus other quarterbacks in his position. I don't hate that comparison, but I I think I, I want to go back to something you said at the beginning when you were talking about there the, the Lincoln Riley quarterback experience, right? Yeah. I think that depending on how you want to look at it, you can say, okay, Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray as NFL players are like, eh, at best, you know, Murray, there may be still a Murray little bit of Murray might have done more of that work himself we, to work play way out of You know who else he had, too, that we don't talk about nearly as much because he didn't win a Heisman? He had Jalen Hurts. That's true. And and I think Williams is more like Hurts okay. than he is those other two guys because sure. he's big, he's fast. Now maybe he's not Michael Vick fast, and right. it's not one of those things that he's like, oh my gosh, he's just running away. You don't see him get caught a lot. The Pac-12 might not have SEC defenses. There's a lot of NFL players in the Pac-12, a lot. So while maybe it's not Georgia. Those other teams in the Pac-12 have pro players on their rosters, and I don't know if it's he hasn't gotten a fourth gear because if you're chasing me and third gear is good enough, right? I don't need Th to go and to fourth gear. That's what's so weird about it is that yeah. when you're watching him, you're just kind of like, oh well, all right. I guess I he's think just he's, jogging into the end zone again. Here's you know? why else I think that he's going to be a really good pro. Mm -hmm. He's accurate. 
Yeah, that's he, the main, he's, that's his he's main skill. He's really, really accurate with the ball. He did, what, he threw four picks last year? Yeah. I mean, that's basically nothing. And don't get me wrong. I've seen this kid play since high school. He's from D.C. He was the mm-hmm. National Player of the Year as a sophomore. I'm familiar with his game. This is not me coming out of nowhere with this. It's just wild to see a dude so dominant who seems to be – it almost feels like he doesn't shower after games. Can I, can I put the – just if I'm being super optimistic – is he just that much better than Perhaps. everybody else? Perhaps. That's but, the other side, but still, right? when you watch the football, you're just thinking, man, I wonder what this is going to look like when his – not only does his opponents get better, but his teammates get so better. So there's too. just a concern that he hasn't been challenged enough. Yes, that is, that is literally my concern as far as his development is concerned. It almost feels like he doesn't need to be playing college football. That's kind of where I'm at. It's I wanna, weird. Let's flip it here a little bit because I think we're seeing kind of what you're getting at here, but almost the inverse of it. Stetson Bennett was surrounded yeah. by NFL dudes. Like <laughs> every dude on that offensive line, all the skill positions that that dude just keep this thing running. Yeah. Don't, you don't you don't need to be yeah. special. And then all of a sudden he comes to this league and it's preseason, so take it for what it's worth. But now everybody's an NFL player. Now yeah. you do have to show out a little bit. Yeah. Where he, Caleb, is there are other NFL players on SC. He's going up against some NFL competition. But that if it's going to happen, it's because he's going to make it happen. And when he's used to making it happen, going to the next level and saying, hey, give me a little more. Yeah, okay, fine. That's what I've been doing my whole life. Yeah, no, it's true. I'm, I'm just – there's part of me that can't wait to see like a breakout, breakout game from a Caleb because you know he's got it in him. He just doesn't need to use it. Does it have to be against Notre Dame or a college know. football playoff so, game? I don't think so, but I think in order for him to have a second Heisman moment, you're going to have to have one of those. In order for him to really get two, just kind of coasting through the West Coast, I don't know if it's going to happen. Gonna, the, the schedule's a lot harder this season. Like they, ha- they play Oregon, they play Washington, they have these bigger games that have that opportunity. So I think we could likely see that happen. Yeah, I mean, and this, again, this is no knock on him at all. Yeah, I know, the I guy's just so good that it almost feels like he's not trying. Am I the only one that's super fired up for the potential of two Heismans? I think that's the coolest thing I think that I've cool heard too. in yeah. quite some time. It's very cool. It doesn't get mentioned. It gets mentioned, but that's awesome. It hasn't happened in 50 years, and it's only happened once before. Well, it's awesome, I'm here too, for with someone like Caleb Williams. It's exciting because if it happens, it means you are going to be really entertained along the way. Right. Because that guy is so much fun to watch, and if he plays at his upper level, that means a lot of fun over all those games. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a quite the talent, man. I look forward to seeing him play. Lance Lynn does not get to pitch against the Braves in the playoffs, yes? Lance Lynn has given up the most home runs in the major leagues this season, uh, right. so no. Right, and the Braves that that have the most home Correct. runs in the major leagues this season. That's just one of those, okay, Sometimes it's obvious, and then it's like, can I just see it to be sure? Yeah. We got to see it. <laughs> got to see it. Yeah, we got to see it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, cool. That's, what, like, that's what it looked Welcome to the Atlanta Braves experience. Yeah, like, and that's Los fine. Angeles, and right. I, Andy and I were talking about this. I I don't know. I'm a Dodger fan, so I see things through a very Dodger blue lens. Sure. I get it. I try to mitigate it as best as I can, <laughs> okay. but it's impossible at times. I like that this is the first time that when I see the Dodgers on the field against someone else, that I genuinely think the other team's better. Yeah. Not by a huge, I get what you're saying. Not there. by a huge margin. Right. It's the, a different feeling. It's a different feeling, <laughs> and it's a, hey, let's just let it hang out kind sure. of feeling. I like that. I think the guy that is more comfortable, especially if the talent's close, has a little bit of an advantage. I don't know if that's a me being a Dodger trying to find a path for them to beat those guys or if it's true. Well, I mean, I, I think what this really is good for with these Dodgers is they have played extremely well over the last – couple months they have looked oh they've been the hottest team in baseball yeah but i think it's good for them to be in a position where they know they always have to be focused like they can't drop their guard because they don't have the collective talent across the roster we were talking about caleb williams where it feels like he's coasting yeah the dodgers don't have that luxury no the way the last couple years you you wonder if they sensed it and maybe sometimes the urgency wasn't there for them because you always believe like look even if I don't get it done, somebody's going to get it done on this roster. These guys have to be locked in at all times. The so, roster. On Blue Review, Parker mentioned this point, and it was a great point. He said, just look at the lineups. You get to the nine spot for the Dodgers, you've got Kiki Hernandez. You get mm-hmm. to the nine spot for the Braves, you've got, oh, reigning rookie of the year, Michael Harris, who is a monster. Like, you, you just, you know, they're better. Things, they're better. They're better. They're a better baseball the, team. They are be- a better team, but the better team in baseball wins, what, 55% sure. of the time? Sure. It's not football or basketball. And they only won by one run last night. After having a six-run lead yeah. Look, yeah. You against could, a really good pitcher that they chipped away at, yeah. they didn't get them all Strider back against Strider, but Strider's you can beat a, You can beat a team that's better than you as long as they're not that much better than you. I would agree. I would agree. Well, so, okay. They're learning a lot. Let me I just think say they this. Can't, and they're not, but the Dodgers were a lot better than the Potteries last year. 
Bye. Okay, right. beyond the flukiness yeah. of it, I'm just saying in general, like when, when you're talking about a series and one team is better than the other, the lesser team can win as long as the gap isn't so I big agree, but- that your margin – like the La- the Lakers and the Nuggets, for example, that series was – Pretty close for a sweep. They, it was the, Lakers, the closest series the Nuggets had all playoffs. Yeah, the Lakers lost by a combined 24 points over four games. But what you saw there was Denver had so much greater a margin for error mm-hmm. than the Lakers. Like, the Lakers had to be pretty much perfect in every game. As it turns out, Denver was the one that was pretty much yeah. perfect in every game. I think the Dodgers learned a lot last night. I think this series, we talked about this before, how much can you learn? If you lose all four, you got a morale problem. Yeah. But the way that last night went was not super disconcerting. It no. was just a game they lost. But they cared. They I was were yeah. into it. it Honestly, great game. you guys know how positive I always yeah. am. <laughs> so at the end of the night, I was like, you know what? I mean, we prefer to win, but sure. I'm all right. That yeah. Lance Lynn gave up some home run, whatever. It's going to happen. To be exact. And they fought. They came back against a really good pitcher. Your best players played like it. Your yeah. role players were effective. And I don't know what they sprinkle on these guys, but when you can take Peralta and Hayward and Rosario and these other – and Miguel, and all of a sudden just they, – they walk through your clubhouse doors and they're instantly the best versions of themselves – I don't know what that skill is, but it's something they have that not many other teams do. Yeah, they're going to be fun to watch. This is going to be a great, great playoff series if they manage to match All right, up. One more quick one. Yeah. Best of seven. Kershaw, Julio, Miller. Okay. Who gets that fourth game? I don't know. Is it a bullpen day? I, I think you have to have a bullpen day because I just don't try. I mean, because you don't want a situation in which you have a bullpen game that you didn't plan for anyway. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that's one of the things that I thought was going to be part of the part of the game plan for the Dodgers. I mentioned this to you, AK. You might just be going bullpen games just because that's just what you're doing. Like, you've just decided. There's a lot more of that these days in Major League Baseball Tons. playoffs. Openers, all sorts of weird matchup situations. The purists and the tradi- traditionalists kind of hate it. But that's, that's where all your numbers, all your stats, all your – Analytics, if you want, that's where you got to use it when mm-hmm. you have an actual disadvantage from a talent standpoint. They're not pitching Caleb Anders, uh, Caleb Ferguson in the first inning a lot lately just for fun. Yeah, I'm just telling you, right. that's not right. done. Hey, you know it'd be funny tonight. <laughs> no. It's hey, let's none take, of it is a bit right. Yeah. Let's take a look and see what this looks like because we may do that against a very good team. The dumps coming up next. It's Travis Lee, seven ten ESPN. All right, so we had week zero last week. SC played against San Jose State. We got to see a pretty decent schedule of games last night. There's a Big Ten game, Minnesota-Nebraska, Utah and Florida. Utah looked pretty good along the way. It's college football season. One of the great college football upsets in history happened in 2007 when then-FCS Appalachian State beat number 5 Michigan in Ann Arbor. Good snap, good hold. Kick is blocked. Appalachian State has stunned the college football world. One of the greatest upsets in sports history. Blocked by Corey Lynch. Is it? Is it one of the great upsets in sports history? Appalachian State over a very good Michigan team? It sure felt like that in the moment. (laughs) I mean, who do you think heading into that game had state. <laughs> Who's thinking state in that game? Hey, we got a chance today, guys. We other than the guys in the locker room, and it probably wasn't all of them. Uh, the coaches know better than anybody no. whether or not you got a chance to win these games. This is I'm a pro sports guy, but I do love my college football. You don't get this in the pros because mm-hmm. who's the worst team in the NFL? The Texans, sure. the Arizona Cardinals. They're going to win a few games this year. Right. Maybe not a bunch, but they're, professional. they're professional. They're getting a check. They're coached by professionals, and they can hit a certain level of performance. This is such a wide disparity between mm-hmm. the talent levels of those two programs. That might happen once every 50 years, something like that. You only get that in college no, sports. Look, we were talking about uh, BS high. This would have been the equivalent of Bishop beating IMG in that game. Like if if Bishop Sycamore shocks the world and beats IMG. Yeah. I hope we never find out. I hope that Bishop Sycamore does not get to run it back against IMG Bishop Sycamore (laughs) 2.0. Well, that, don't give old uh, Coach Johnson any idea. He literally says at the end, <laughs> know, I'm going I to know. do this again. I yes. know. Well, because 
it's difference between this happening and football because I feel like football it is again it calls football specifically so hard for upsets to happen because of just the vast resources and the way you game plan. There's less room for you know stuff to go wrong. Basketball is different, so there, we have upsets and March Madness every year. But I do still think that one of the greatest upsets of all time is UMB over Virginia because it's a Nearly undefeated Virginia. Virginia had lost in maybe like three games that entire season. They were the prohibitive favorites. One overall get, loses in that game. And but I think that that might be one of the better upsets. But they're 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 comparable. It's the, hard to the compare. difference between those two things. And your that one you're talking about is a huge upset. Clearly, football is about physical as much as it is anything else. And if I'm just bigger and mm-hmm. stronger and faster than you, I, I and I can put my hands on you. I should beat you just about that. A basketball game is if I got a guy that just gets crazy hot and makes a bunch of threes, you can shock the world. But there's no such thing as hot in football, right? You can turn the ball over, but it's not like some guy is going to make, you know, four 75 yard touchdown runs. That doesn't happen in football. The bigger, stronger team has such a built in advantage in football specifically. Like baseball happens all the time. My pitcher pitches well, I'm going to beat you. It's really easy. In football, That there isn't the equivalent of that. I mean, unless you are the smaller, slower, less athletic team that just executes everything to a – Perfectly. Perfectly. And the other team is just so big and fast that they allow themselves to be sloppy – you're right. There is pretty much no way you can overcome it in football. And this is in Ann Arbor, too. Ann right. Arbor is not an easy place to go and play either. All right. Walker Bueller's return is becoming more and more real. Uh, Dave Roberts revealed yesterday that Walker Bueller is in the late stages of his recovery from his second Tommy John surgery. He will begin a rehab assignment before the end of the week, and that he does believe that he still has enough time to return as a starting pitcher before the end of the regular season, although that they would not use him in a traditional sense is this them and i i think what they're saying is they're not going to just say okay here's the ball go out there and pitch until you don't get anybody out that there'll be some you know guardrails on him going in there is this them entertaining his desire to try to juice this as much or are they genuinely considering because we talked about dustin may is going to have double tj we know that they're going to be aggressively courting shohei otani who is likely to be double TJ. Walker Bueller is just on the nearest side of recovering from this. Do you push it at all? Well, here's here's where maybe you can split the difference here. We've been just talking about, you know, most recently with Clinton, the idea of game four in a series against Atlanta needing to be a bullpen situation mm-hmm. because you don't trust Lance Lynn with the propensity for giving up home runs against a home run hitting machine in Atlanta. Put out Walker Bueller as the beginning of the bullpen game. You're only looking for the bullpen guy usually to throw three or four innings as it is. It's not unreasonable. If you can pitch Walker Bueller at all, it's not unreasonable to think, okay, he's our three or four inning guy Mm -hmm. in that situation. And that's all we're looking for from him anyway. Takes a lot of the pressure off of whoever the opener is or whoever the first guy to the bullpen is, knowing that I could get me through the lineup once. Right. That's his normal role. Then everyone else falls more into their actual roles, and everything feels as comfortable as possible. Jeff Passan, ESPN uh, baseball reporter extraordinaire, is reporting that the pitch clock rules used throughout the Major League Baseball season will remain the same during the 2023 postseason. Uh, The rules, 15 seconds with nobody on, 20 seconds with runners on, will remain the same. Players had expressed a hope and desire that maybe we would kick the number up a little bit to buy a little bit more time. And I'm okay with them keeping it the same. I was more on the players. Like, instead of going 15 and 20, let's go 20 and 25, something along those lines. But I got to tell you, the pitch clock is faded into the background, which I think is exactly what everybody wanted. It's really not a big deal anymore. Player, hitters, pitchers, everybody's adjusted to it. Let's keep this thing moving. Yeah, and the other thing, too, as much as I get why the players would want it ticked up a little bit, and sometimes that heightened tension in in the postseason can come from everything taking a little bit longer, I think the reality is if these players all of a sudden start reverting back, like then they're readjusting again. 
Whether they realize it or not, I actually think they'd be putting themselves in a worse position. And they've gotten used to it. It's right. like, let's just let's just right. keep it exactly. rolling. And it, the complaints are essentially gone. Whatever small complaints there were in the first place, it, it worked. They got, exactly, it they got exactly what they wanted, and it's worked fantastic. Little uh, pep rally going on at LAFC, which means it's a pep rally super crosstalk. <laughs> How's it looking at BMO? What's the pep rally looking and feeling like? Take me through it, guys. Ah, we got a really good crowd here. We got great eats here. We're getting ready for Sunday with Messi coming to town. Uh, and somebody here is winning tickets to the game on Sunday, awesome. which are like the most coveted tickets in Los Angeles in a really long time. Yeah, I don't think you can even get in the door now for less than 700 bucks. No, it's, and, uh, and by wow. the way, good seats. I looked at good seats like uh, mid midfield. Yeah. 1700 bucks. You get 1700 bucks. Oh, you're you gonna rich. Go in you your pocket. Dig in. No, Come no, on. Not that rich. I'm not spending 1700. <laughs> hey, by the way, so I've been listening to you two talk about this um BS high thing for yeah. about half an hour and you never mentioned where where is it? HBO where can you Max. watch it? Max. Atria Max. It, yeah. it came out last night? Uh no, it's been out for about a week or so, I think. Okay. Yeah, but it, it's on Max and it's it's good. It's you're gonna feel kind of bummed out by the time you get to the end of it, unfortunately. But it's uh, it, it's it's interesting and it's well done. But it's it's a downer for sure. So uh, last night you guys watched the Dodger game, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I don't think you throw Lance Lynn against the Braves <laughs> no, again. New, no. no. Well, I, I've seen okay. that matchup. All I right. don't like it. That's fine. Yep. But what if you need a fourth starter? Who do you give the ball to? Uh, okay. You go starter and maybe Pepio or Yarborough. So here, here's that's, that's your game four scenario, I think. This is what we've been talking So Julio, Kershaw, Miller get a start. You need a fourth yep. guy, right? Yep. They're, they've already figured this out, and they're telling you what they're going to do without telling you what they're going to do. There's a reason Caleb P- uh, Ferguson is pitching in the first inning a lot lately. That that's what they're going to do. So opener and bulk starter. You, you're so going to do Trump. yeah. You're going to do Ferguson, Yarborough, Pepio, some combination yep. of that to start that fourth game. I was walking in here, so I only kind of heard it in passing. But did you say that they have not given up on having Walker Bueller on the playoff? Yeah, roster? we were just talking about it. That Dave Roberts keeps saying that look, we're on track for the possibility of having him on the postseason roster. There, they they did say that they wouldn't use him in their traditional roster. role. But, the, yeah, the, the, there's still a, a sliver of hope that he could be your guy. That will be fascinating to see how they use him, especially given the fact that there's such a short runway before the playoffs. Well, Mace, we were just talking about, like, that fourth guy. If it was going to be a bullpen situation, if you can get three to four innings out of Walker Bueller, feeling confident about it, like you're not pushing too much, he could be the natural guy because then you can keep everybody else in their normal slots yeah. and just tell Bueller, we want three, four innings tops. That's it. That's all we're going to do. Although, give me Ferguson for one, Bueller for three, Yarborough for two, Evan and then Phillips you're into the to bullpen. close. Yeah. Well, it, it's then say, you're good. You've got other options. So you got Pepio. you got Stone. Yep. You've got these guys that have eaten up some innings effectively over the last, you know, in, in Pepio's case, last couple of weeks or so, in Stone's case for a decent chunk of the season. It's not like you have to go with a bullpen day, but there's give, give me another reason why they're pitching Ferguson in the first inning all of a sudden. Yeah, right. It does make sense. It yeah, does that, make sense. So, uh, so what's Travis Rogers eat on a Labor Day weekend? What I mean, I, I can't even imagine. You must have just <laughs> the whole left side of the menu. House. Yeah, a buffet at your house, right? Well, Trav? the left side, John, typically has where the salads and stuff are. I, I prefer oh. the right. The, <laughs> the, 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 the right is where the entrees are, and your appetizers <laughs> are typically more on the right side. Um, so it's a good question. I think that Monday is going to be a grill day, and I think yep. that we'll go, you know, kind of traditional. Maybe some dogs, maybe some burgers, maybe some a little bit of chicken on there or something. Maybe I'll get a little festive and do a taco day. But, uh, yeah, the, the traditional accoutrements, a little watermelon, a little, a little uh, potato salad, you know, a little tradition. So I just got an email from uh, an old friend of mine. She's not old. Well, no, she is old. Uh, <laughs> and uh, she, <laughs> she and I – barbecued one year for Labor Day and we both got a little uh, rock and stoned. And, Shocking. And we <laughs> were making chicken legs on the grill. So 
we turn around and we're not paying attention and Juan comes out and says, that grill is on fire. And we looked at it. The grill had burst into flames completely. So she invited me to come on over and set a grill on fire this weekend. So that may be my strategy for the weekend. I'm terrible at grill. I need lessons from Henrik at barbecue. I was going to say, were you using gas or were you using charcoal? We were using charcoal. Okay. I mean, that's and a little tricky. And the whole thing blew. Yeah, I don't know. if I, I've seen your deal up close for a while now. I don't know if you and Lighter fluid should be in the same room together it's, you know what i think it's a fair point totally <laughs> fair point okay so speaking of you and uh creating things yes you don't honestly think you can, anybody can make a martini that's an insane anybody. take we're, until we're gonna put it to the we test can, we can grab somebody from the crowd they can make a bar. it's just a little bit of vermouth you swirl that around you add some vodka you shake it up you strain it you put an olive in it bam you got a martini no that's not, i mean that's like saying you just get a engine you get some wheels and a steering wheel and you got a car it doesn't either there's a little more art to it there's a little well, what, more technique what the hell am i missing i mean i go to bars all the time and i see people people make martinis and they just shake it up pour it in the glass stick first, of, first of all mace you usually walk in pretty stoned to begin with so that is true your that eye true. for detail i mean we just talked about how you almost started a barbecue fire <laughs> that is because you weren't paying attention you're not a details Correct. man ireland are yeah, you details do you are like important do you like martinis ireland no, no, but I okay. know Mason can't make a better oh, martini than a real bartender. Of course not. Today's a game of beat matter the fact, bartender. Trav, I think I'm going to be able to tell which one Mason made without even tasting it. I, I by couldn't just agree more. looking at it. I couldn't you agree can, more. You cannot agree more? Yes. What? The, uh, it's just a glass with clear it's, liquid it's and not, an so olive. How let, can let, I screw that presentation. up? It's presentation. It, oh. pre presentation is a small part of it, but as someone yeah. who I'm going drinks, to go walk back in there and go to the bathroom, and then I, when I come back, I want you to just put two glasses here, and one will be yours, and one will be the real bartender, and, and I, will, I will beat the bartender. And I will ID the one you made without even without even a looking. sip. What yeah. you're not getting, Mace, is yep. you are correct that a martini is not necessarily a difficult drink to make. But it's a really easy drink to screw up. Exactly. You <laughs> no, actually exactly. you actually can screw up the taste. What's my biggest pitfall? Don't tell him because this is I the was, whole point. I actually was this told is the not whole to tell point, you. Mace. Oh, I was you were told not to tell by me. By Bergman. Yeah. Bergman Great. specifically Bergman, told me. you said not to tell yeah, me. Yeah, I want no hints for you. Right. So you say you say if you know how so to do easy, it. So what you should if be I able say to do it by yourself. You tell Andy that he can give me the secret. No, I'm not going to. Come on. So as someone who has had a martini every Friday night for a while. Yes. There is, do you make them? I do make them, but okay. I, I also eat, uh, drink them out frequently. Okay. The, the gap between a good one and a mediocre one to a bad one is miles wide. They, they are Really? Yes. yes. How can that be? I think martinis are a scam. It's just clear <laughs> liquid and an olive. This Come on. is why you're going like to lose the There's like this much challenge. vermouth in it, and the rest of it is vodka, <laughs> and then you stick an olive, and it's done. Am I miss what am I missing here? Several things. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, oh, and you're not going to tell no, me. No, no, this is why we I, were want told you not to, to. I want you to make the world's worst martini. I don't freaking I, Hey, I by the way, thanks for playing all the uh, Trent Reznor today. That really yeah, lifted, that lifted. uplifted the city on a <laughs> you Friday. Tap, tapping your fingers on the steering wheel on your way to BMO Stadium. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I hurt myself today. How, yeah, how great, though, is that AI Beach Boys version oh, of it, Oh, it's crazy. Have you heard the Beach Boys thing? No. That's what okay. we were playing. So there's a song called Hurt. It's okay. by uh, Trent Reznor and Nine Inch Nails. It was covered by Johnny Cash, and, and it's honestly better than the uh, Nine Inch Nails version. Uh, and it's really depressing. It's like, I hurt myself today. I stuck a needle in my arm. Uh, it's like all this weird <laughs> stuff. Stuff. Ah. Hit the dump. Jesus, right. Brian, right we need a dump there real quick. Wow, <laughs> at a live show <laughs> oh my God. in front of people. Have, 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 what is wrong with have you? Have you already started making okay. the martinis? No, no. This, no. Is my <laughs> no. this has been my argument for years, which Mason comes back to me a little bit on. But whenever we go on remote, Mason forgets he's on the radio. <laughs> yeah. He just does the show yeah. for the crowd hey. and just ignores the fact that we're actually on the uh, radio. Although it's imagine, almost worse than Clearman's Galley. I didn't even say the whole word. <laughs> yeah. I, Stop. Here's you the Beach Boys version, I was mid-word. I was mid-word. Well, then God. why'd you say hit the dump button? Yeah, well, because I'm better safe than sorry. <laughs> <laughs> better safe than sorry. Mace, here is the uh, Beach Boys version of the song. Okay. <laughs> I will make you burn. Wait, this sounds like Surfing USA. It, it is. is. They put the lyrics, lyrics to Trent Reznor and Nine Inch yeah. Nails to it. So yeah, it's a boy, very cheerful song. I was going to say, but the Beach Boys could sing any song and it would sound chippy. It would sound cheerful, yeah. yeah. This yeah. is a chat GPT attempt to do that song like the Beach Boys. 
It's pretty just spot on. Just a matter on. of time till we all get replaced by the old AI, huh? Yep. John, I'm surprised. Just a matter of time. I'm surprised you didn't take an opportunity to tell me that I was wrong again about something today. Well, I didn't hear most of the show. I'm sure you were wrong several times. But you were so wrong about Rudy for the right. Giants the other day. Oh, yeah. That will last There's the a carryover week. on that one. So, baseball is leaving the pitch clock as is for the postseason. Good. 100% fan of that. Yeah, it's fine. I, now, you did, I don't think you like it. You thought it should go away for the playoffs, didn't you? No, I thought that you could buy a little extra time. Instead of 15 and 20, I thought you could do like 20 and 25. I thought, and that's what yeah, the players you're, were the, asking literally for. Literally, matter of fact, uh, go back 60 seconds. Trav, let me tell you why you're wrong again. <laughs> okay. Um, you're the only person in the United States who wants to add more time to the pitch. Well, clock. that's not true. The other who, the other group of people that would like to add more time are the players themselves. Yeah, the players. Oh, like who cares what they time. think? <laughs> yeah, who, they're just players. Right. Who cares? They're only the ones doing it. Yeah. Right. But, I mean, it was up to the players. They, they The games would be six hours long. They don't think they should have a clock for anything. Uh, the, the clock has been a rousing success. Attendance up 9.2%. Game time down 25 minutes to two hours and it's 39 perfect. minutes. The rules have been great. No, it's perfect. They've been great. It's per- now, will the runner on second thing no, still exist for the playoffs? No, that no that, that, they, they've always gotten rid of that for the postseason. So, the, okay. the, the ghost runner at second is not a thing. Are you a fan of the Ghost Runner at second? During the regular season? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think it's actually really cool. It Look, once we've played nine innings, let's end this thing. Let's get out of here. Yeah, Amen. there you go. Right, let, let, go. Let, let, let's get home and do it. John, have you ever dropped a four-letter word on a Laker game or on your show, or is that just Mace? I, I once, when I was doing sports on KCAL, I said, Tiger Woods has a six-shot lead. But instead <laughs> of saying six-shot, I said the word Mason said, and I said, blank shot lead. <laughs> I looked right at the camera. I go, no way to walk that back. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it happens from time. I mean, I, it's been a while since I've dropped in. Yeah. An expo- and by the way, it's normally the F word. It's normally not that one. Yeah, so you're, yeah. you'd be hey, grateful. Jerry Jones would say, I'm you're maturing, improving. You're exactly. maturing. Did maturing. You, by the way, Tribe, did you hear that quote yesterday? No, I don't Jerry think Jones? I did. All right. Uh, Brian, can you find it, or Jorge, can you find it? Brian says he has it. Okay, okay good. So yeah. here's the background. There's this defensive end for the Cowboys. Last year, he got pulled over for doing 99 miles an hour on a freeway. Last week, he got pulled over <laughs> for doing 66 miles an hour, but he had weed and a Glock <laughs> yes. in the car. Okay. So, you know, those are pretty serious offenses. Sure. We should all be so lucky to have Jerry Jones as our boss. Listen to what Jerry Jones said when they asked him about this defensive end getting pulled over, going 66 and a 45 with weed and a gun in the car. He does and is uh, maturing, uh, and he is. Uh, the uh, uh, What was he going, 66? Was he going 66 miles an hour? Last year? No, this year. So he's 34 <laughs> miles an hour less than this year than he was last year. See? 98 66. So that's improvement. <laughs> okay. He's, he's awesome, might, first of all. That, I was going to say, that might be one of the great ownership quotes ever. Trav, remember when you stole, a, you stole a million dollars from that bank last year, and this year you only stole 500000 You're, you're, you're maturing. maturing. I've yeah. improved by 50%. It's, it's exactly. amazing. Exactly. Like, you are maturing. Jerry is awesome for all of those reasons, but he's being a wise-ass there, right? That, that, that's not a sincere thing. Here's he, how you know he wasn't funny being on serious. Purpose. He pronounced it maturing. maturing. He said maturing. maturing. Well, Wait a minute. Maturing. I mean, yeah. you guys can say that, but. This guy is right back on the field, right back on the roster. Well, no, that's because he's good. It's not because <laughs> right. Jerry's Correct. sincere. It's not if he was not good, Jerry Jones would have had something different. But he would have concerns about his maturity. Think that if we got pulled over going 66 and a 45 with weed and a Glock in the car that we'd ever be on ESPN LA again? <laughs> are you as alone? good as this player? Yeah, I was going to say. If I were... would like to think yeah, we all are. Well, yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter, though. Career's over. Jerry, unless you work for Jerry Jones, well, you, then you can do whatever you want. You don't generate potentially the type of money 
that this player who is maturing does. <laughs> Correct. Uh, the maturing player. Well, he makes more money than any of us. Yeah. And yeah. he's not going to look. He's not getting his paycheck docked. By the way, and there's nothing with. There's nothing wrong with having weed in the car. As long in as Texas, there stoned. is. As long yeah. as you're not using yeah, it, it's okay. In Texas, in Texas, I believe that that's still a problem. Although in Texas, I think it's mandatory to have a gun in your car, so it should. <laughs> yeah, even they may all have one offense. You're right. They may <laughs> just, have just all have guns offense. in that state. What are you so guys going to do? Yeah, go ahead. When I was doing TV news in Texas, during sweeps, we had this segment called "Shoot, Don't Shoot." Okay. And you'd present the viewers with a scenario. So, for example, you get home. Yep. And you pull into your driveway. Yes. And a burglar is running out your front door with a TV. He yes. stole your TV and he's running down the street. Shoot or don't shoot? Don't shoot. I agree. 87% said shoot. <laughs> right. Yeah. In Texas, and like the next one was, uh, you come in, you see a burglar. He didn't expect you'd be home. He runs out your back door and hops over the fence. Shoot or don't shoot. Don't shoot. Ninety percent shoot. Yeah. See, yeah, they, got, they, they, they the guy's got to be in your home and threatening you for you to be able and to shoot. And the other ten percent in Texas hit the it's wrong It's crazy, button. by the way. There, there was a TV news feature called "Shoot or Don't Shoot." Oh, and every night that week—Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, oh, Friday—and the scenarios would get guys. more and more absurd. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, John, you know, like you oh, have this been, one, Mace. Yeah. Guy steals your dog. Yes. He's shoot. running down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Travis running down the street with your dog. Yeah, shoot, don't shoot. Thank yeah. him. 93% Thank shoot. Him, Travis, dog hater. Yeah. Travis the dog. I, hater. I've lived that in Texas so as you have, John, and I'm so the only thing I'm surprised by is that it was only 90%. That's it. Yeah. That's the Just only crazy. part of that. There that was surprises not me. there was not a scenario we provided where it was under 80%. <laughs> Over 80% shoot on every one of them. Not surprised. Guys, enjoy the pep rally. Mace, good luck with the martini, although I yep. think you're going to desperately need it. Happy birthday Have to you, Have a great Bird. weekend, guys. Happy weekend, long weekend, Labor Day weekend to all of you. Super Crosstalk is brought to you by In-N-Out Burger. In-N-Out, that's what a hamburger's all about.